following podcast may contain adult language and an abundance of salt. So get ready, nerds, because we're talking Farscape, Episode 7, Season 1, PK Tech Girl. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to the Salty Nerd Podcast. My name is Matthew Kadish, the belabored producer of the Salty Nerd Podcast. Today, hosting duties fall to me because our regular host, Alex, uh, did this weird thing about taking a vacation with his family and just left us high and dry. And so, How dare you, yeah, yeah, loser. You're, you're, you're stuck with me, but uh, with me, as always, is our fantastic panel of nerds, Matt Vader, 74, the barbarian space Viking himself. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Happy to be here, as always. Yeah, super fun. Super ready fun. to talk about Farscape? Yep. I only got to do an hour today and then I'm out. <laughs> so <laughs> you also have family yes, obligations. I do have also family <laughs> obligations this week. That's uh, true. All these families. I know, man. And with me, as always, speaking of family, is my lovely lady, Jude Juju. How yes, you doing? Yes, the fiance of the man who said, Should we live stream our wedding? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see that, bro. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, we're doing it anyway. So, yeah. I want to see that. Yeah, and uh, sitting in for Alex is our good friend Brian from the Popcast. How you doing today, Brian? What's up? I have a better beard. <laughs> you definitely have a beard. Um, but uh, are, 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 do you consider yourself a Farscape fan? Um, I used to be a Farscape fan, yes. But you're not anymore? Long, long time ago, when I wasn't annoyed by random screaming puppets. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to go around and basically get everyone's reaction to this week's episode, which is episode seven of season one, uh, entitled PK Tech Girl. PK stands for Peacekeeper. So um, this episode was is basically kind of a setup episode for the final three that we're going to be watching uh, for the rest of this month. Because without the context that this episode gives you, you kind of don't know who certain characters are towards uh, the end of the season. So, um, but in addition to that, um, basically the premise of this episode is that the, the Moya crew stumbles across a derelict peacekeeper ship in the uncharted territories. And I always love um, science fiction episodes where people find like an abandoned starship and they go on and it's all like creepy and mysteries and stuff like that. And so like, I actually really had a good time with this episode and, we get to meet uh, some interesting characters and we get some interesting relationship developments and stuff like that. Some backstories for some of the characters. And so personally, I really enjoyed this episode, but I want to know what Vader thought of it. Oh God. What Vader thought of it. Um, Vader thought um, that he'd seen all of this stuff in other science fiction shows altogether <laughs> already. Um, I don't know, man. It was, I'm having a hard time with this show, bro. I'm, just, I'm not going to lie. I'm having a hard time with this Vader show. Vader thought, arg. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not enjoying the puppets. I'm sorry. Was that one guy not super intimidating to you? or Which, which guy? The guy where they filmed and said, show him on camera. He's really angry. It's like, oh, Arr, yeah. No, no. I just, look, man. Um, <laughs> the aliens in the show are goofy. Um, I don't, I, I'm trying to figure out what the, the lizard dudes were supposed to be. Um, they, they look, they look, they look like dudes in fat suits. I'm sorry. Um, you, you know, the, I did, I did notice that there was a production, uh, value increase from the, from the premiere we watched over this one. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I'm just... I'm, I'm regretting this month and then we're only two <laughs> weeks in, man. <laughs> but you know, this is a long month. I know, too. <laughs> I know. I, I just, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> are you doing, are you doing the whole series? 
No, we're just doing a few episodes. Oh, yeah. Five, five yeah. episodes. Yeah, we, we do a new series every month, and this month just happens to be Farscape. Have you guys done Stargate yet? Mm-hmm. We did Stargate Atlantis, and okay. we actually had uh, David Hewlett um, kind of come in for Doctor Who. It's awesome. And so, like, uh, yeah, we, we've been talking about all types of, like, fun science fiction shows, but I want to know what Jude thought of this episode. It was kind of sexy. It was a little bit sexy. It was a little bit sexy. (laughs) And uh, I don't know if it was the increase in production value, but um, what's his name? Call call Dar? So uh, it's Dargo. Dargo. Yeah. Okay. Ka Dargo. Ka Dargo, which in my brain is Call Drago. Um, There was something different in what he looked like this time, and I was like, why does he look hot? (laughs) <laughs> is he the I, maybe he was he's the like angry guy taking the angry charge guy. and being like fuck you guys come come at me and i was like oh my god it's kind of <laughs> hot today he looked like he'd lost about 60 pounds he was looking good he looked really skinny to me <laughs> yeah i don't know that's my hot take mm-hmm. all right uh so brian what was your take on this episode so overall? fun fact the premiere uh and the actual season proper shot almost two years apart, which is why he looks so skinny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I used to be a giant Scar- a far Farscape fan. Um, and then I got old enough to realize that I wasn't really interested in it anymore. And trying to watch it um, now is really difficult. Although I wonder if it was in like 1080p, would it be good? Would it be like, because the visuals are, like, you can tell the visuals are there, but it's the quality is so low, you can't really see them properly. I wonder if it was in, like, high quality, if they, they re-released it in high quality, would I like it more? And then you get that one shot of the puppet screaming into the mic. And, <laughs> you know, I always tell my kids to turn the TV down because, like, I don't want to hear cartoon characters screaming at each other on YouTube. Yeah. And that's really sort of what Farscape uh well, the story is still there, and clearly they're putting effort into it. Um, I think that when I was younger, I enjoyed it more because less things annoyed me. I think now that I'm older, everything sort of annoys me. And what the guy you found sexy, I found even the most annoying mm-hmm. because I didn't buy his anger whatsoever. I just felt like fake acting. You weren't attracted to him at all? Well, no, no, I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was 100% attracted to him, but it had nothing to do with his acting uh-huh. and everything to do, everything to do with that hair. I'm really into hairy people. So, which is why I'm Same. looking at Vader right now. I'm, and Vader, I'm really into hairy people. Nice. Right on. You ever been with a big man? <laughs> <laughs> we called Donald Gibb up. <laughs> well, uh, you, you know, Cod Dargo, you know, he's a member of the Luxon Warrior Race cast. And uh, he, um, his basically hulking out has a big part to play in the, the plot of this episode. But uh, I, I want to quickly address one of the, I think, big objections that you guys have, which is, the fact that um, Jim Henson Company does all like the creature effects for mm-hmm. this show, and you know, you guys criticize the puppets and the prosthetics in, in this show, but I think it it gives it a unique look and feel and adds to the charm of the series. So I want to know, like, what is it that bugs you about this stuff? Because I mean, Star Wars uses practical puppet effects as well, and uh, a lot of people seem to like that. I don't like it when it's on Sesame Street. <laughs> it's it's weird. Muppets interacting yeah. with humans has always looked goofy to me, and I 
it doesn't look any different on this show than it does on the Muppet show or on Sesame street. Yeah. It's just, on, it's just how I feel about it. It's on it's star like, Wars. I think it's more, made more realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, but even then the latest, well, we, the we, latest incarnation of Yoda yeah. made me crazy. Well, we talked about last week when we were comparing Yoda to these, it's uh -huh. like when, when Yoda looks real, for the most part realish yeah you, you, you know I can, I can watch empire strikes back and i can say that's not a puppet you, you know what yeah. i'm saying i don't i don't ever see frank oz's hand up yoda's ass moving his mouth never right like with with these things they look like muppets and puppets of people in fat they look like muppets yeah and but i think the difference also is like in Star Wars, they make them actual characters, but mm -hmm. in in Farscape, it just it seems like when you have a, a character that's a puppet, he's also kind of silly, which kind of makes you think like it just keeps it at the forefront yeah. of your brain, like oh that's a puppet, oh that's annoying. Right? Yeah, yeah Yoda was never silly. Right. No. Even if he looked sort of silly, he was never silly. Yeah, Yoda's not going. Mm, I don't like you. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that's just that's, that's silly. To yeah, me. So that's just, like a testament to good writing too. Because like, yeah. even though he talked a little funny, like you had like respect for him mm -hmm. in, in the first movies, in the last in the last Jedi, I didn't feel that way. Every time I saw him, I wanted yeah. to laugh because he looked like he was cross-eyed. <laughs> it was computer generated. Like, yeah, because like, the computer generated mm -hmm. version of Yoda sucked. It does. It looked he looked like mentally challenged Yoda. Mm -hmm. But the earlier version of uh, Yoda, I think you're right. I think that because he was taken so seriously and he didn't act weird, even though he looked like a funny puppet, possibly, or talked a little bit like a funny puppet, because of his acting, he wasn't zany and goofy. He mm -hmm. was just wise Yoda, you know? See, I'd argue that Rigel, who's like the, the big puppet character in Farscape, is actually like one of the more interesting characters in the show. And he's actually one of my favorite characters of the series because like he has like this kind of like hubris about him that I, I find very like endearing and funny. And in this episode, we actually get uh, some looks in, into like, you know, his time being tortured by the peacekeepers and his trauma. And to me, like it's little things like that that turn the puppet from a joke into like an actual character. And so like, I've always, thought that the, the criticism that like, oh, he looks too much like a puppet. Yeah, at first, but then like, as you get into the series, like he just becomes like any other character and the same is true for all the other, you know, uh, creatures and prosthetics and stuff like that. Like the, the, the Cheyangs who are like the main bad guys in this episode. Yeah, they're, they're in puppet suits. Um, but, um, you know, one of the things I love about Farscape is that the aliens feel like aliens. It's not like Star Trek where it's just like a different forehead on on right. on an actor it's like they actually try to create like unique character designs for all the aliens and stuff like that in the show yeah i think i agree with you there um but maybe because it's been so long since i've seen the entire series i watched this one episode and i once again attributed him to just being a zany puppet maybe when i was younger i felt a connection to him that's possible i don't not anymore <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's funny because you and me are the only people at this table that have actually watched like probably the entire series at, at a certain point in our lives. Yeah. So uh, I used to have a crush on Claudia Black. Oh, everybody does. It, every every nerd between the age of thirty and fifties. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> it's like she is the perfect woman. <laughs> <laughs> Stunning. Crazy. She's a sebation. Like, yeah. You just, you just don't know if it's are you a Stargate Claudia Black fan or Stargate, Star Stargate or Farscape. Farscape. Blech. Yeah, so yeah, or, I preferred or, the Stargate version because yeah. the Stargate version felt more um, sexy. 
Sexy. Yeah. yeah like yeah. she tried to be more sexy. But well, well, like, so like, she's like a tough, like, you know, former like commando in, in Farscape. Right. But in, uh, in Stargate, she was like the, uh, the temptress, the, the, the rogue, the, the lady who wasn't afraid to use her wiles to manipulate people. Yes. My favorite <laughs> kind. I like wiles. Wiles. Yeah. Wiles are good. Feminine wiles. <laughs> it's right. really hard having so many wiles, you guys. <laughs> we, <laughs> We've been talking about that on Saturday. We need some wiles. <laughs> we need more wiles. Where's Jude on Saturday mornings? Mommy. Hugging uh, it up in the other room. I, I, I know, right? Like, this is basically our Saturday morning live stream cast with close. Jude. Yeah. 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 Salty <laughs> Saturday morning. Here we go. Salty Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, every 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time on our YouTube channel, if you guys want to check that out. Yeah. All right. So let's get into episode seven, PK Tech Girl. Moya comes across a peacekeeper ship lying dead in space in the uncharted territories. Crichton and Zahn wish to leave while they can, but Cod Dargo wants to check the ship's data for possible star charts that could lead them back to their homeworlds. Aaron's son says she needs to know what the ship is, but Rigel says it's the Zelbinian, the most feared ship in the peacekeeper armada that's been missing for close to 100 cycles. And so um, one of the interesting parts about this is that uh, in previous episodes, they've uh, the, the Moya ship has escaped into the uncharted territories in order to um, prevent um, you know uh, Captain Crace from tracking them down because there are no star star charts in the uncharted territories. Um, but also because they're in uncharted territory, they have no way of knowing how to get back to their homes. <laughs> so like they're constantly looking for for clues that can like lead them back to like safety and, and kind of like in this uh, this cat and mouse game that they're playing with Crace. And so they they see this uh, derelict spaceship and they're like, oh, maybe they have some information that can help us get home. Uh, and they're um, willing to take the risk to go in and check it out. So what did you guys think of the opening to this episode, uh, Brian? How long is a cycle? I think it's a year. Okay, so it's, so she recognized the ship at, and just so so it, it's obviously an important ship because it's been gone for at least a hundred years, right? Mm -hmm. It's legendary amongst all the different legendary. races. Well, well, it was the most powerful ship in the Peacekeeper fleet before it went missing, and so like that was kind of like the, I think the the, the basis behind yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like the idea of that. I do feel like perhaps they could have kept that reveal a little longer, right? If it's that important. Yeah. It would have been nice to reveal that a little later so it was, so it was more surprising or shocking to the fans. Um, I didn't really have a connection to it or the character. So when they revealed it, um, they were surprised. But I felt, I felt zero surprise or intrigue. I think they were trying to set up like a it's a haunted ship kind of <laughs> trope thing going on. You know, you know, I mean, yeah, I think oh, oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, ghost, ghost ship. Yes, we need to like have a jump scare too. Because so Rigel's clearly haunted by it too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't it, get that. It's, it's, it's just another trope, right? The, the haunted uh, ship. That, that's a really cool idea. I didn't get that. I thought they were going to like salvage or something. Oh, well, that makes a lot, well, there, lot more sense. There, there was, they were looking for salvage, I think, right? Right. But they just, they weren't looking for this thing, right? They just kind of randomly came across it. Correct. Correct. So, so there was a similar uh, episode in Atlantis when they found like this derelict Atlantean ship. Mm -hmm. And even though it had been, you know, it would have been a thousand years or so, you knew it was a big deal because mm -hmm. 
they had already sort of built up how important this race was or these or this technology was or whatever in the show so when you know, they saw it on scanners and they revealed mm-hmm. it. It was one of those things where they reveal it and then it goes into the title sequence. And you're like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah, you, you, you know what I immediately went to was um, and why I feel like this is like a, a trope these days is I immediately went to Foundation because the story of the Foundation and them looking for that ship. Right, Matt, mm-hmm. is is a big part of that. I can't with believe this, you brought this, a foundation. I know. I'm not trying to like piss you off, but <laughs> this she is not good. But um, Are you talking about the, I, the iTunes one or whatever? The, no, the, the, the Apple, uh, TV. Apple, Apple TV. TV one. Oh, yeah. that's that's based on one of my favorite book series. I didn't like that series. Yeah, Thank but, you. but but that's the thing in that sh- in that show too. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and I'm sure if we thought hard enough about it, there'd be plenty of other TV shows that have touched on the same haunted right. spaceship theme you know but in order so. to do it right though you have to actually like build that up in the audience like mm-hmm. just revealing it immediately at the top of the show yeah um i think uh ruins it because i didn't get the whole haunted ship vibe i didn't understand how important it was yeah and i also didn't know how long a cycle was which probably didn't help i should have assumed it was like a hundred like a year yeah i just assumed i don't yeah. think they've ever explained it but i just assumed all nerds know a cycle is a year guys come on i didn't know that what is wrong with you I mean, well, it depends on what planet you're my on. My cycle is 28 days, <laughs> sir. No. My cycle is four days. Every time I run out of Mountain Dew. <laughs> All right, guys. So um, moving on. The crew docks with the Zelbinian, and Aaron, Crichton, and Dargo go over to investigate. They search around the ship, but at the same time, Rigel is bothered about docking with the ship because it was the first ship that he was tortured on as a peacekeeper prisoner. Crichton comes across a console with the lights on, and Aaron says that someone must have turned it on recently. He spots a young woman who tries to run, but Aaron and Dargo attack her until Crichton stops them. The PK, aka Peacekeeper, uh, Jelana Reynes, recognizes them as Officer Aaron's son and the other escaped prisoners. Crichton asks how she knows about them, and Aaron replies that she's a tech from Crace's ship. Aaron questions her in the usual brute peacekeeper fashion, but Crichton says to back off and lighten up on the scared girl. Aaron says that she's a tech from Crace's ship, and that means he must be nearby, and the PK tech girl will only lie to them. Crichton agrees, but says that if Aaron kills her, she won't get her answers. Aaron says Crichton doesn't understand how peacekeeper society operates, and he should not interfere. But Jelana tells the others that Crace sent her, sent her unit over to investigate the Zelbinian while he searched for Maya. And two days later, another ship appeared and incinerated their marauder. Dargo says it was the Cheyangs, a brutal race of space scavengers and pirates, but they couldn't have done it all. There are no records in the Zelbinian, though, because the ship's data stores were scavenged. Jelena then thanks Crichton for stopping Aaron from killing her and seems to have taken a liking to him. Mm-hmm. So we're getting a little bit into the sexy here, right, right Jude? Mm-hmm. She's like... Don't torture me. <laughs> I'm just a girl. <laughs> I'm just a girl. And then he's a knight in shiny armor. Wait, so I the puppet is more than 100 years old then? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Rigel is of a race that um, ages like, you know, into the hundreds of years, I guess. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, I have questions about sex with an alien. Okay. Okay. Um, well, Mostly how um, and where are the parts? Well, it depends. If it's a Klingon, there's two penises. <laughs> Great. So it's double the fun. Uh-huh. However, very bulbous heads. So if you don't have a... I meant more particularly about this show. Oh, I see. So this show. <laughs> yeah. So she's... I don't know. I'm a Star Trek sex uh, expert. Now well, 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 the Sebations are, basically, you later. are basically humans. Like they I have never, the same... I never even thought about that. Anatomy. 
Klingon, Klingons do have two fingers. It's a, it's a DP every time. Klingons legitimately have two penises. They, they could do the DVD. It's, it's literally in canon that they have two penises. What about, I, what about I, vaginas? No one cares Ooh. about vaginas, babe. Wow. Well, I'm asking the Trek expert if Klingons <laughs> have two vaginas you as well. You know what? In canon, they have not mentioned that. See? Um, oh, you know what, though? Uh, Balana is half Klingon, and she had one vagina. So I think she has one vagina. Wow. One, so one in the pink and one in the stink. Is that how it goes? Shocker. And he, the, All Klingons are shockers. Had to say that. The Klingon was peeing on both penises. So they're both functional. Jaloja. So I don't know how that works. Tom Paris is a, he's the man. <laughs> he's able to please that <laughs> Klingon how woman. Do, how do you do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got a crazy visual. Okay. I'm sorry. Farscape. <laughs> All right, so back on Moya, Rigel is having flashbacks to his time being tortured on the Zelbinian. Zahn, sensing Rigel's trauma, tells him that it would do him good to confront his demons by returning to the Zelbinian and facing them head on. Rigel makes his way over to the ship and spits in Jelana's face, showing his hatred of the peacekeepers. He then goes off looking around and sees an ominous figure in the dark that says hello and welcomes him home. It's the image of his former torturer, Captain Celto Durka. Rigel traverses the ship until he finds the body of Durka, who apparently committed suicide. Upon seeing this, he realizes what a coward Durka was, and Rigel spits on the corpse and puts his fears and past trauma behind him. I really like this little bit of uh, characterization for Rigel. He, uh, uh, we, you know, we get to see him as kind of like a smarmy um, mm -hmm. shyster in a way uh, for most of the the series, but in this, like we actually got to see like some vulnerability and some fear from him and stuff like that. And I thought it was, I thought it was good. What did you guys think, Vader? So imagine reading that in a book and then seeing this on TV, it would be so disappointing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I disagree. I have a different take than you. Um, when, uh, they were like, go find his body. I was like, how the fuck, you know, his body's there. You're just assuming, and then, oh, right. turns out it was there after all. I just after thought it was a years. little, yeah, I thought it was a little dumb. I don't know. I, this sounds really stupid. I don't like spitting. I, I think spitting is gross. Same. Interesting. It, it's, it's a gross thing. I don't like to watch people <laughs> spit. You, you know, it's like, it's like every time, you know, you get like watching a football game right on TV. I had a joke and I decided all, not to say right now. It, and they're all, you know, spitting on right. the grass. I'm like, man, that's. That's fucking gross. And I, and I think it was because where I grew up, everybody except me used Copenhagen and mm -hmm. chewing tobacco. And it's just disgusting. It's right. right. If they weren't spitting their giant brown goobers on, on the ground yeah. or on the sidewalk, people were like collecting it in Sunny Delight bottles. Yeah. And I'm like, what the? It's just spitting grosses me out. And I think that might be one of the reasons I think this character is stupid. Where did you grow up in? in Southern Oregon. Because, oh. you know, very rural, very farm. Yeah. Um, he just, uh, I, I don't, I don't like the spitting thing. It's gross. And it's just, really, it turns me off. I yeah. have a really terrible spitting story. Yeah. Do you want to hear it? I, maybe. I don't know. Do I? I don't know. Probably either. Not. <laughs> I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay. So, um, uh, me and a girlfriend, um, we made friends with some people who were in a band and then we just started being roadies for them. Mm -hmm. um, so we would travel with the band and they're dudes in a band. So That's gross. so random. Like, oh, you know, I've made friends. Let's just go on a road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we would we would set the stage for them. So when they had a gig, we would like carry in the shit. We'd set up their drum kits and whatever. Wow. Um, and so one time we were setting up gig for them and um, the guys were standing around. They were just kind of standing in a circle and they were just chatting. 
And I was walking up to the circle and it just happened at the perfect time. But one of the guys uh, was like, and went and spit like over his shoulder and caught me right in the face. And it was like my whole face. It was like, and and all I could do was close my eyes and go, "Mm." (laughs) for like begging for someone to help me. And someone came Mm -hmm. up and just like, de-gooped me <laughs> enough that I could open my eyes and like go wash my face. Yeah, it was I don't the worst understand. experience of my life. I don't understand speeding either. And I have a similar experience, but it wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when I was younger, like in my teens, so I grew up in like LA, like yeah. Southern California. People didn't chew. They just smoked cigarettes. Yeah. About like, at like age nine, they were smoking cigarettes. Yeah, but, same um, with the Copenhagen where I'm from. Right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but I had a coach who one time, I swear to God, I was in high school and the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. He was, he spit and then he turns around looks me dead in the eye, like, and he goes, and he like, and he like sucks snot into his throat. Looks me dead in the eye and then spits it on the ground. I'm like, oh God, yeah. I was like, I don't know, was that like a power play? What was the, what was the deal with oh, turning so to me and looking me in the face while you did such a, yeah. I, I've never forgotten it. So, so Same guy used to go like this. You just like hold my nostril and just spit. I'm like, it was a power move because you're still thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, it's been 30 years. (laughs) So anyway, so every time you know, um, Frog Froga on on this show, Rigo, every time time he goops somebody on the face and it like show they show it dripping off their nose and stuff. I'm like, it just and that's probably part of the reason I don't like this show very much. That keeps me too. If I was if I was if I was one of the people that got gooped, that guy would have died the next day. Oh yeah, like in his sleep, I would have cut his throat. (laughs) So anyway, that's well, just, well, to, to Vader's point, I, I think it's supposed to be disgusting. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's the sure. point is, is he's disrespecting like, you know, the body and the people that he spits on. But getting back to the episode, uh, the others come across a dead body, a Cheyenne victim who was part of Jelana's unit. Aaron recognizes him as a former member of her squad and asks what he was doing guarding the likes of Jelana. And Jelana says that Aaron's whole unit was demoted after her defection and can only be reinstated upon her death. Meanwhile, Pilot spots a ship, which Zahn confirms is a Cheyenne vessel hiding just outside of sensor sensor range. Aaron asks Jelana why the Cheyennes are back and calls her a traitor because she knew they would return and didn't warn them. Jelana says that she's no traitor, and Crichton breaks up the fight, telling Jelana that Aaron is no traitor either, but Crace didn't give Aaron the chance that they're going to give Jelana. Jelana relents and tells them that she survived by hiding while the Cheyennes scavenged everything, everything except for the ship's defense screen, which she overheard them saying they'd come back for. So uh, basically, the big bad guys of this episode have returned, and uh, they're supposed to be very frightening, and uh, they're coming back to get the basically the uh, ship's de- defense shield or defense screen, uh, and uh, the characters aren't too happy about it. Brian, what did you think of this little development? Why is it so important if it's 100 years old? Like, right. have they not developed better technology in 100 years? Mm-hmm. Well, the Peacekeeper technology 100 years ago yeah. is still pretty good compared to like what's available on the open market today because the peacekeepers keep a tight lid on their technology. And so it's very rare to get peacekeeper technology and, you know, just like regular scavenging. Maybe it's like a value thing. Like, you know how people will like scavenge old houses for their copper pipes because they don't make new houses out of copper pipes anymore. Oh, is that, does that happen? Basically, um, they saw a really big giant catalytic converter floating in space. Oh, I get it now. 
Yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, matter, yeah. yeah. Right. Go get that catalytic converter. Oh, okay. Let's yeah, go yeah. get that sucker. I use the That's a great analogy because now, yeah, yeah. to- now I totally understand their motivation. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's basically it. <laughs> I've had two catalytic converters stolen from me. No, two. <laughs> oh, my God. Terrible. Every time I park in Los Angeles, someone uh, steals something from my car. That's ridiculous. I hate that city. <laughs> Very good with the metaphors over there, Vader. It's great. Well, great metaphor. It just yeah. makes sense, man. So they're like Los Angeles gang members. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I get it. From, from the dinosaur show. It's Earl. Ah. Papa Mama. Oh, it is. <laughs> I just got a picture. Yeah. Dude, that show was dark. <laughs> you guys ever see the end of that show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It ends with their extinction. Yeah, it's great. I don't remember oh, that. Oh, it's so effing dark. Yeah, the meteor hits and Dude, everyone dies. As, as a child, I didn't understand what was happening. As yeah. an adult, I'm like, holy shit. You basically got um, fat dudes in dinosaur suit suits on going around stealing catalytic converters yeah, as, as the Cheyenne. Yeah. 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 And then when they blew fire at the end, I blew my mind. I'm like, <laughs> they don't seem very like, okay. like super scary to me. I think no. it's because the rubber, rubber suits. And, the, and then there's also a thing with them where they're like, they're cowards too. Right. They, if you like, that was why, uh, we'll probably get to it here Dargo, in a second. Yeah. Dargo. Dargo. This thing. Yeah. yeah Dargo's like, oh looking God. good on the screen. Oh. He's got his like deep V. Yeah. He's got his con shirt on. Yeah. His nose throws me off. Really does throw me off. And his scrot chin. <laughs> well, one of the interesting things about this part of the episode is is that we are getting to see kind of like how Crichton and Jelana's relationship is starting to develop as he's like her kind of like unofficial protector from Aaron. And uh, there's like a weird kind of like love triangle starting to form here because, you know, he's got a thing for Aaron uh, as well. So who's um, living the life? It, tri- it always tripped me out how Crichton... Um, so Crichton, like, you know, like audience, like re, uh, uh, writing structure, you want to have a character that sort of represents the audience, right? Mm-hmm. And like somehow Crichton both represents the audience and he's the main character because he's from uh, Earth, right? Yep. Um, so it's very unique because most of the time you don't have like the main character also being the one who that represents the audience. Mm-hmm. Like um, in Atlantis for a long time, the audience was... It depended on who it was, but you know, for the first couple of seasons, it was Rodney McKay because he was the one sort of reacting and experiencing everything. Yeah. Um, this is a unique show because the main character, like the primary focus, is also the audience. The show is telling you that you are the primary focus. It's very interesting. Like those guys look so ridiculous. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so. Dargo returns to command where Zahn is anxious to leave since Moya has no offense. Dargo says that the Cheyangs are cowards where they see strength, they flee, but where they see weakness, they destroy. The Cheyangs bring their weapons to countdown. Dargo is enraged at their defenseless situation and begins to curse and swear. Seeing Dargo's fearsome display, Zahn gets Pilot to transmit the image of him screaming at the Cheyangs. When the Cheyang captain sees the Luxon on his view screen, he panics and terminates the weapons countdown. Sensing that their ruse bought them some time, Crichton informs everyone that they can get the defense screen working in four arms since he can do half the work. Dargo tells Zahn that he doesn't want to continue lying to the enemy in battle, but Zahn says that he is just misleading them and only Dargo can buy them the time they need to continue the charade. Dargo then calls the Cheyangs to bluff them into believing that Moya is stronger than she really is. The Cheyangs do not believe that Dargo has soldiers with him who are also aboard the Zelbinian, but Zahn helps by feeding Dargo what to say, and the Cheyang says Dargo is trying his patience. After communication is cut off, Dargo believes that the Cheyang's next move will be to attack. 
So what did you guys think of uh, Dargo's bluff, uh, Vader? Nope. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was funny when the blue lady was like, did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> He's just sitting there having a, a, a fit, and she's all, turn the camera on. Let's get this. It's, it, yeah. it's like something you would do when we're sitting here talking at yes, the table. Right. 100%. He does it all the time. I'm going to put a video out of this. <laughs> 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 you know, and, and, yeah, that's Where, where's that Patreon discussion? <laughs> This is yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think the blue chick is actually more frightening to me than yeah. She's scary. She's more scary to me than than um Dargo. Dargo. Dargo just seems like he's just throwing a tantrum. Yeah. You know, honestly, I I don't. I don't know, it's being played for laughs, but um, he didn't seem scary to me. However, I did like the fact that the ship and blue chick was what's her name? Zon. Zon. Uh, the ship and Zon were working together to sort of utilize the crazy zany people around them mm. to their um, benefits. So that, that was cool. Well, one of the things I really like about Farscape is that it's really, the show's really good at putting their characters in situations where they're at an extreme disadvantage and they have to get very creative and how they kind of like get out of it, but they never quite get out of it unscathed because mm. like everyone always knows that like basically these guys are just like kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And uh, this is just another example where basically they were leveraging the reputation of Luxon warriors uh, in order to buy enough time where they can get the defense screen up before the Cheyangs can actually like destroy them. And uh, the Cheyangs are kind of goofy, but in a in a way like the fact that like they're like the main bad guys in this episode and and they their ship is like you know geared for offense makes them uh, more of a threat. Um, so like, uh, I, I feel like if they had made the Cheyangs a little bit scarier looking and like a little bit, taking them a little bit more seriously, they probably would have played better. Cause they do look kind of goofy. They right? look like fish people. They look like fish people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they, they don't look scary at all. Indeed. They should have made them look like catfish people. <laughs> right. Like if you're going to go like, full, yeah, if you go full fish, like lean into it, make mm -hmm. it like real gross looking, you know, That's you know what? Cats are kind of creepy in a way. If you had a cat person, like the movie Cats, creepiest shit oh I've my ever gosh. seen in my entire life. Yes. Yeah. I'm they should have changed them to cats. That movie, I'm, it's I'm, things of nightmares. I'm, still, I'm still waiting for the butthole version to come out. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how anyone that, that like the, from all the people that worked on that movie down to like the assistant editor, no one at any moment was like, dude, what we're making right now is a, is a travesty it's uh -huh. it is it should be burned i don't believe in book burning or any kind of censorship but that movie should be removed from all everything but like the, i'm cool with human centipede but not cats yeah. yeah yeah for sure i'm with you human centipede but not cats huh yeah that's, that that's a hashtag right there. <laughs> um, um is it is it do i have it right that what's her name zon yeah zon is like the real leader here because she's the one that's always like hey we need to do this and here's why I think it's a ship. I think the ship's the, the leader behind the leader, right? Yeah, but the ship can't communicate. It's Zahn that's communicating with the ship, right? Well, Zahn's a um, a priestess, and so like she's just kind of like a little bit more logical than she's a than, sex priestess. Yeah, she's a sex priestess. That's hot. The force sensation. I uh, I am upset that I didn't know that was a job that I could have had. <laughs> sex priestess, yeah. Hawaiian slave girl. I think it's kind of funny that most a lot of these shows have a a, a sex based character. You get the sex priestess here, and in, in in uh, we had the what's her face on uh, 
Well, you know that stupid show that we watched with the cowboys in space where everybody's riding horses and shit. Firefly. Firefly. That one. There, there was a. There, there was the sex chick in that. Did you just call her cowboys in space? Yeah, I did. Oh my god. But first She's off, fire, Firefly is a is a is no. a goddamn. Um, we um, we had Firefly month a couple months ago. Where was I for that? And I was. I could never get on board. Firefly is one of the greatest shows Fucking of all time. How do you Donkey, about donkeys in space. I love Buffy. Oh. I love Buffy. I love it's you like, now. I love oh, Buffy. No. I love Angel. I love Firefly. No, but you know, you know why they all have sex characters? I'll tell you why. Because people like sex. Because they're made, these shows are initially made for young men. Yeah, yeah. And then those men get older and they buy and they watch and they consume every single thing that comes out mm -hmm. from that show. Dude, I started, I, when I was younger, I started watching the original, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Star Trek The Next Generation. Holy shit. Dan Troy, hot, s s smoke show. Yeah, and half the episode, she has just no clothes on, or, or a body unitard, right, or a unitard, or like no bra. And so now, as a as as a teenager, I didn't realize what they were doing. Now, as an adult, I'm like, oh wow, what are you doing? <laughs> what the f was this? And then again with Voyager, you know what's funny? The <laughs> only show I never connected to growing up, DS9. Yeah, no sexy characters, none. I think that it's created for like a, like young men and then they get older and they just consume their whole lives that one IP. Yeah, it's amazing how the ratings took off when 7 and 9 showed up with their bored cats. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. So I loved Voyager because by then I was a hooked I was a hooked Trekkie. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't really like look forward to it until right. Until Scorpion which is when when Kess, she showed up. Cuz sucks and Jerry Ryan's hot. So Kess is funny cuz like <laughs> when you first start with Kess you're like, "Oh, Kess is going to be the hot chick, right?" But then she's yeah. acting like a child all the time. You're like, oh, yeah. this is not hot. It's like, oh, she's like eight this. years old. Gross. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> she's supposed to be like this, this sexy alien chick. And then she's like, I'm an eight-year-old. You're like, oh, holy oh, now, shit. Now the entire... Don't every, do that. Every fan feels like a weird pedophile or something. All right. Of a and like, Balana yeah. was like mean the whole time. So either... No, before seven, if you weren't into eight-year-olds or mean mean chicks, you yeah, had nothing. That's it. That's it. You're well, right. getting back to Farscape. Uh, so to answer, answer Jude's question real quick. Um, the, the pilot is the one who communicates with Moya and then they communicate with Moya through the pilot because the pilot is part of Moya. But the pilot's not calling any shots. They, they, well, well, no, he's flying the ship though. And so like they order the pilot to do stuff and then he, he does it. And he so who's the leader? Well, the, the, in the first season, there really is no leader because like they're all kind of like following like their own kind of like motivations. Um, but eventually like Crichton is the one who kind of like steps up and becomes like the unofficial captain mm. of, of the crew. Um, but in the early episodes, um, Zahn is definitely the one who has like, the, is the most put together. Um, but Crichton's always the yeah. one who, who kind of, I would like, join her cult. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. I would too. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, I would put my cheek up against her. <laughs> yeah. I'd, have blue, I'd have blue sparkles all over my face For all the time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to continue this, uh, review, but, uh, we're going to do so in the members area. So if you guys want the rest of this, just go to saltynerdclub.com, uh, sign up. It's only $5 a month. You get access to not only the rest of this review, but all of our other retrospective reviews where we've covered, uh, Dr. Who, Stargate Atlantis, the original Star Trek, all Buffy. that good stuff, Buffy. Um, so head on over there to saltynerdclub.com and check it out. But before we get into the members only portion of this, Matt Vader 74, where can they find you on the socials? Uh, you can find me at Matt Vader 74 on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, 
um, probably some other places I ignore. And uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Uh, Jude, yeah. where can people find more about you? You can find me at I am Jude Juju on Instagram and on TikTok, or you could go to thevoiceofjude.com and check out my voice work. All right. And uh, Brian from the Popcast, where can people find more about you? Uh, YouTube.com slash the Popcast. <laughs> I'm uh, emulating my brother's voice right now. It's not working. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, uh, we just we just released a giant uh, uh, like documentary, uh, Star, Star Trek Enterprise history, which is pretty cool. Took me a week to edit. Um, I barely slept. Also, uh, Popcast Live and uh, on OnlyFans. OnlyFans.com slash Klingon Warrior. Nice. With, with two dicks? Three dicks. Three dicks. Oh, okay. wow. Good, Three. Good, good to know. I have one on my forehead. <laughs> That's why it's covered Shoda by boy. a hat. It's Choda boy. All right. And you can find me at Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H, on Twitter and now on Truth Social. And uh, be sure to join our Discord for all the fun watch parties that we do every Monday and uh, talking about Farscape and all the uh, other TV shows that we review and movies as well. Uh, you can go to saltinerdiscord.com to sign up there. But which is free. Which is free, yes. And until uh, next week, this is uh, Matthew Kadish, hoping that Alex will come back so I don't have to do the hosting duties anymore, <laughs> uh, saying stay salty, my friends and Patreons. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go.